It's Tuesday the 12th of September and you're listening to the Women's Football Talk podcast. Here we go then. Thank you for deciding to listen with us today. I'm Regan Walsh on this brand new podcast and joining me each and every week is, of course, Brad Morris. Hi. <laughs> you convinced me then. It took me long enough, I guess. It's fine yes. to put my voice on all this. Yes. Yeah, so for those that don't know, obviously, I am the face of the YouTube videos, but Brad the face. Is... <laughs> yes. Uh, Brad also works with me, uh, does all the editing and makes me look better than I actually am. I'm glad you said that because I was about to rip you to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what this podcast will be throughout uh, the season, we'll be talking all the big talking points from the weekend's games and uh, storylines, be it manager sackings, be it player transfers when the transfer window is around, whatever it is, we will talk about it. And on this first episode, there is plenty to talk about. Just a bit, just, just a little, little tiny bit, maybe. <laughs> it's like I had everything planned. I can. Uh, what's the word? I, br- I brought together this whole running order, and then what is it? Nine o'clock last night. Okay, I am resigning. <laughs> like, yeah. Ruins everything. Yeah, it's just. Uh, well, it hasn't ruined everything. Like I should say that. It, it, good riddance. I think is yes. the right answer. Sayonara. That's Spanish. <laughs> Adios. That's definitely that one. Is yeah. Yeah, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Not the end, though. Like, we all know it's barely the beginning, if we're being honest. Mm. Like, there is a much larger issue at hand. Wholesale changes are completely required at the RFEF. Yes, massively. Uh, so, for those that don't know the situation, um, there's obviously former president now of the RFEF, Luis Rubiales, kissed Jenny Hermoso during the celebrations, came out after the game within a couple of hours that she didn't like it and it wasn't intentional. Then he came out saying, oh, it was fine, it was nothing more than just a peck. Then Hermoso continued to refute his claims. Uh, disciplinary open, no, sorry, FIFA opened disciplinary action on him and suspended him for 90 days. There was calls for him to resign. He held a press conference in which everyone was expecting him to resign, but then he uh, came out with like the sayings of "I'm not going to resign. I'm not going to resign." A bit like spoiler um, alert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then what else? We've had uh, the Spanish court are taking legal action against him now. Uh, Hermoso herself has filed a actual legal complaint against him in the Spanish courts. His mother went on a hunger strike. <laughs> Such a like drastic shift from this very serious thing like courts are involved. Yeah, his mother's now on hunger strike. <laughs> How yeah. does it go to something that nuts? It was in the space of three weeks. I know, that's too with... much. <laughs> yeah. Like, that whole week after... 
I was completely drained trying to keep up with it. It was just so, so tiring. Uh, but then finally on Sunday evening, uh, he did an interview with uh, Piers Morgan, who, let's just say, isn't the biggest advocate for women's football either. Let's just say this whole thing that he's been doing an interview with Piers Morgan of all people is the least surprising aspect of the whole affair. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But in that interview, he confirmed that he has handed in his resignation as uh, president of the RFVF and his uh, position as vice president at UEFA, finally. Yeah, good rinse, as we said. The resignation letter didn't exactly contain an apology as no. such. It felt like, or at least what was said, I haven't read the whole thing, but I've seen aspects of it. Sounds like he just finally caved in because he's been told, you know, you stay on. That's that's our prospect of a future World Cup being hosted in Spain anytime soon, i.e. 2030, which they're trying to win with Portugal. Yeah. I don't know, like, he initially apologised for it, was it back on the Monday after it? Yeah, because he did come out saying, yeah, I apologise, I shouldn't have done it in the moment. And then it was a complete 180, literally a day later. Yeah, and now we're just like... uh, Just drained of the whole thing. (laughs) Drained of the whole, it's that God knows how, like, women feel on this, it's a it's horrible yeah. just seeing this ma- this bloke use his position of power in the way that he has and that was even before yeah. the whole incident you could just see it there it's now it's, it's there for everyone to see and mm. it should have been there sooner yeah i mean there's been a lot of problems at the spanish fa with regards to how they treat women for the past 30 40 years it's been said in many reports from uh journalists who cover or have covered women's football longer than we have uh, about the sort of not just Rubiales, obviously Jorge Vilda uh, and other people at the Spanish FA throughout the late 80s into the 90s into present day and the fact now it's taken them to win the World Cup and this action to be caught on camera by people for it to be taken seriously is very very uh, disturbing. Yeah, it shouldn't have ever got to this point. No. Really, should it? Like, this has completely overshadowed the amazing achievement that those players did. Yeah, I mean, the fact what we're now 21, 22 days post-World Cup and no one's talked about that game. Then again, do we as English fans want to? <laughs> do I want to be reminded? <laughs> no, nah, like, yeah, Spain deserved the win completely. Mm. The whole World Cup was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but no one's talked about it because of this action. This <laughs> so annoying. Like, could argue the best World Cup ever. Best oh, women's yeah. World Cup. I should make that point clear. Like, for drama, it had it in abundance. The teams we didn't expect to do much just absolutely did <laughs> and then the storylines i mean eight teams playing at their first ever world cup new zealand winning their first ever world cup game uh panama's 
having a fantastic game against France that would finish 6-3 in favour of France, but the free kick from Marta Cox just come into my head. Germany oh, getting knocked out. Yeah, Germany no. getting knocked out. Brazil getting knocked out early yeah. on. It's like Brazil fooled everyone, was... didn't they? There yeah. was that amazing performance against Panama and then everything else just unravelled after that. Mm. The amazing and astonishing, and I still haven't got over it fully, USA versus Sweden penalty shootout. Are we ever going to get over that? <laughs> I don't think <laughs> it will genuinely take me another four years to get over that. Twitter was, oh, a, it was quite the place that day. <laughs> oh, it was just an insane World Cup and... That penalty shootout was better than most men's ones. Yeah. Just for the drama elements. That's penalty. That's never happened Mm. before, ever. No. When have we ever needed goal line technology on a penalty? Never. (laughs) I mean, just it was such a fantastic tournament. I mean, the time zones may have been an absolute bugger for us. Because obviously we're here in the United Kingdom. Wasn't great. <laughs> but uh, just a fantastic watch all, all throughout the tournament, right until the final whistle blew. Yeah. Like, fair play anyone who was out there, because Australia seems like a very lovely country, and maybe I will go there one day. But it's, the journey of it, like, seeing people's tweets about travelling now, mm. I was like, nope, <laughs> don't want that. Yeah. And the main thing was, whilst we seem to have good weather up here, they seem to be getting rain. It seemed like every other match was absolutely... This this is their summer now. So if it's anything like our summer, (laughs) expect the rain. I thought their summer was a bit later. I forget, because their winter, well, our winter, sorry, is their summer. That's Yeah, so still a bit longer to go until, I think they're in autumn now. I think, or spring. No, it's spring. It's definitely the spring. Yeah. Anyway. anyway why is this? <laughs> We've gone off uh, tangent. Um, Expect this more often, because this is just what we do. Yes, definitely. Um, but yeah, so Ruby has finally gone. Let's just hope that FIFA or the Spanish courts come up with a ban that he can't ever work in women's football again or something worse because that man shouldn't be allowed near a football pitch ever again yeah like it's bad enough that he was in charge of the spanish fa the man was also the vice one of the vice presidents at uefa that's how much power Mm. he had yeah and i know a lot of people have been talking about the kiss and rightly so but the grabbing of the crotch that he did we just gotta ignore that bit He was meters if that's We should ignore that from... he was carrying who was he? I forgot he has in his shoulders. Like, come on. How was mm. he doing? But he was meters away from the Queen of Spain and her sixteen year old yeah. daughter. Yeah. Sorry, I feel that's disturbing. That is massively disturbing. Like this man shouldn't be allowed near a football pitch or any environment where there's young children around because that is not right. At all. No. Thankfully, the change hopefully will start. It's small progress to a much larger Mm. scale. And, uh, yeah, hope and pray that the wholesale changes are fully implemented and to the standards that Spanish players wish that they can be. Yeah, and deserve. 
Should we move on now? It's a serious start to our first ever podcast. I'm someone who likes to be a bit more light-hearted, but yeah, that didn't. I needed the serious start. Mm-hmm. I'm coming into speaking. Do we need to be a whole icebreaker? Do we need to introduce ourselves properly? Because we've not like massively engaged with people. We've we've kept ourselves quite private in the whole mm-hmm. thing. And I feel like when you do a podcast, you can't do that. But team allegiances can come later. Like we'll get to that with transfer <laughs> talk. We, uh, for now, we should go on to what was the other pretty big story coming out of the weekend, and that was Champions League disappointment for the Gunners. Arsenal have missed out on a UEFA Women's Champions League spot this season after defeat on penalties against Paris FC. Um, what happened? Yeah, from semi-finalists last year to not even making the tournament this year. Mm. It doesn't sound great. Oh. No. Like, it's I mean, a surprising result, obviously. But Arsenal had to come from behind in normal time and in extra time. Like, we'll go yeah. into the details in a minute, but I think we have to just state the obvious because not being in the Champions League this season is massively, massively disappointing for Arsenal. Oh, yeah. I mean... The fact that technically we could only have one English team in the Champions League this season is yeah, had that happen. <laughs> massive. But yeah, um, I mean for Arsenal, obviously there's a lot of um, interest into like how many of their new players we're going to play. So the signings of Amanda Illustat, Chloe Lacasse, uh, Alessia Russo, and uh, Leia Kadina didn't play a at all uh, as she was still in Spain I believe yeah that's one of the questions was it slightly premature to have a game yes. of this magnitude like not even a month after the World Cup was finished yeah I mean I've seen a lot of people say that in the past with UEFA scheduling both for men and women's football it's so so bad like I don't think Arsenal had played a game before they played um, Link Copings on Wednesday. Like they hadn't had any pre-season games. Yeah, yet. no. As far as I'm aware, so, I only recall Chelsea have played. That's that's, that's it. Uh, Chelsea have played a few. Man United have done two, maybe three now. Yeah. Uh, West Ham played on Sunday. Uh, so Villa there have played been one. That played. Yeah, there's been teams that have played a couple. Mm. Of course, like, a lot win. of the players who featured in the latter stages just will not be at the fitness that they... Well, they, they, I guess not the fitness, but they have just come back from a very gruelling tournament for them. I mean, I mean, let's think for Arsenal, uh, obviously a lot of Robin Moy didn't play in that game, did she, on the weekend? I think she did, because I believe she was the one who made the pass that led to the second goal, was it? Uh, but either way, she's had less than three weeks to get back from the champ- uh, from the World Cup. Same with Alessia Russo as well. Both played in the final, and then within three weeks, I've had to play again. Uh, so it's just absolutely crazy in terms of they've had to come back so quickly from the final. I mean, some of the other players that have been out of the tournament are longer, so the likes of Leo Volting, Manuel Zinsberger, Frida, Leonardo Mornham uh, came back earlier. But you look at the rest, so Stina Blackstein is Steph Catley, Caitlin Ford, Amanda Illestat, 
uh, and a lot of other money from their starting uh, 11 from the other day all played that last week or last few days of the World Cup because the Swedes and the Aussies obviously played each other in the third place playoff. Uh, and then there was obviously the English and uh, final contingency. So they've had less than three weeks to get back over to England, train and then travel to uh, Sweden for them games. So it's going to take a toll on players. Well, when you put it like that. <laughs> like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, not ideal, but again, also with Arsenal. Their depth isn't as strong, I guess, as maybe they'd like. Obviously, Beth obviously injuries. Yeah, injuries play a part in mm. that as well. Yeah, because I mean, their ACL team, uh, club, as it was known uh, from last season. So I thought you were just going to call it like a five-a-side team for the ACL injuries at this point. Yeah. Uh, so Beth Mead was back on the bench, but she wasn't going to play any minutes. You know, side of I've said that in his pre first game press conference that she was just going to be a part of the squad and continue her fitness I wouldn't expect her to be back until maybe the second or third game of the season I think the opening day is still a bit of a push um still got Vivian Miedemar out although she has returned to team training Leah Williamson won't be back until the new year uh Laura Veenroy we probably won't see her this season Laura Veenreuter we probably won't see this season. And then uh, earlier on this summer, they announced that Taya Goldie had done her ACL, so we won't see her this season at all. So there's them problems. And then, uh, so yeah, you're having to rely on the usual lot off the bench, Jen Beattie, Lena Herty, Katie McCabe, Katrina Kuhl, uh, Victoria Pulova, and then Gio Kirosh. And obviously summer signing uh, Alessia Russo was able to have an impact in the, that game against Paris FC but it is one depth I think is a bit of an issue for Arsenal whilst they've got these key players out yeah and it's not like the men's game you can't just throw money at it to no. solve the issue like they've, this is the squad they've got they've mm-hmm. got to try the, the best they can with it uh, yeah. do, do we discuss the game? yeah you can do yeah, because felt like Arsenal didn't take the chances that they had. It wasn't like the Lincoln Pings game when they they were pretty comfortable, I think. Yeah, they just allowed Paris FC to obviously get those two goals like straight after half time. Yeah, like the first one and was then, just confusing as all how like it cross comes in, Zinsberg is caught out and then. It's headed in by Matilda Borgia. I probably butchered that massively. It's not going to be the first time I butchered a name in this. Yeah. It's like, oh, I apologise. That's all I can do. Uh, it went over the line. Yeah. Yeah. But that was just going off the footage. You could see there was not like actual like proper live coverage unless you had, was it an Arsenal account online? Or oh, Paris FC. Because the qualifiers don't get shown on uh, zone. It's only from yeah, the group stages mad. onward. Like, if you're going to have these qualifiers, at least make them somewhat accessible. Yeah. Well, there, yeah. yeah. The, the second one, it was just sloppy from, yeah. from Arsenal, really. Almost straight from kickoff as well. Borgios took advantage and yeah, 2-0. Just, just like mm. that. Yeah. All right, Tommy Cooper. 
there was another. <laughs> Barely <laughs> anyone's going to get that reference. <laughs> How old do you think people are that are listening to this? Well, you never know. We can't discriminate against any ages. No, definitely not. Of course, I don't want to discriminate against anyone. Uh, they got level though. Alessia Russo scored the first one. Yeah. Like, okay, start for her. She scored the first one and then two in this one as well in the first competitive matches for the club. That all right for her? Yeah, I think it's just early doors, building blocks. Well, she may miss some chances and score here and there. It's just like you say, building blocks, getting her settled into the team and making sure that she knows the system. Because it's going it, to take some time. Is this where I have to address? I don't. No one will see this because this podcast is going to be audio only for a few weeks until we start racing clips on YouTube. Um, the the posters behind you went pretty quickly <laughs> as soon as that that move got agreed. Right, it's last season stuff. <laughs> so that's what I say. If it's oh, not in date, get rid of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's probably about right. It wouldn't exactly look appropriate. <laughs> mm. have that, but the leveler we need to talk about because you need a goal, you need to send a defender up front, call Jen Beatty. Yeah, I mean she did it against Wolfsburg last season in the yeah, Champions League. That's what she's doing in more than one game. Like she's the yeah. go-to. Yeah, just I mean she'd been on the pitch all of three minutes. She came on for Amanda Illerstadt, and Jonas just said, "Go up there." And do what you do best, and that's cause an absolute havoc in the box. Just score. <laughs> yeah, just get in the box, and the ball will find you one way or another. Yeah, 96 minute as well. Yeah, 96 of the nine added on, wasn't it? Yeah, because I've only really seen like the longer highlights. I don't know how the nine minutes came about. No, I'm not too sure. Yeah, but uh, Paris FC then took the lead again. It was a very good goal, I thought. Can't remember who scored it. Uh, Julie Sawyer. Julie Sawyer, that was it. And then Russo got the leveller again, and we're going to the penalties. Yeah, four minutes from uh, time they were from uh, winning in extra time. Paris FC before Russo's uh, leveller to send it to penalties. Yeah, and of course the penalties had narrative with it because. Mm-hmm. Paris FC's goalkeeper, Chiamaka Nadozi. Hope I've said that right again. She deserves praise because she's the reason Paris FC are in the next stage. And made yeah. even more interesting because Nadozi was Nigeria's goalkeeper in the penalty shootout lost to England at the World Cup. She didn't save any of the penalties there. The only one that was missed was, yeah, he missed. Like, Alessia Russo took a penalty against her at the World Cup and scored. And this time, the Dozy saved it. And then the little dance afterwards. Yeah, oh. Bring it straight. Fair bring plan. it to the WSL, man. I need to see that <laughs> celebration on a weekly basis from every save she makes. You, you gain more respect when you do yeah. it. It's really like that. Uh, yeah, so uh, Paris FC ended up winning 4-2 on penalties. Uh, and that obviously means that they have advanced to the second round of qualifying with the draw taking place uh, this Friday uh, from Switzerland. Uh, make sure you're following our Twitter page or X, whatever you want to call it. I'm still calling, calling it Twitter. X. <laughs> I it's like X now. I... You have to have the hard rock voice with it. 
everyone knows, everyone knows what I mean when I say Twitter anyway. Um, yeah, we'll have updates from the draw. Uh, yeah, we're active on Freds now. Oh, I don't even use that anymore. Is anyone honestly. active on Freds actually? <laughs> no. Yeah, that, that was like fun for a day. Yeah, for about two and a bit weeks and then I was just like, is Twitter still here? Yes. As annoying as it is, Twitter is still here and still relevant. So. We all hate it, but are we going to keep using it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, so I feel like Paris, a word is needed on Paris FC. We can talk about Arsenal as much as we are, but Paris FC, this is huge. Absolutely fantastic for them to get uh, through to this round and beating uh, one of the bigger teams in the tournament, Arsenal. Yeah, they like it's just they they finished behind Leon and PSG for the last two seasons there. So they're they're, they're the best of the rest in France, mm. and they they've got their reward now, and they're going to be playing in a, another competitive match. And who knows if they come through that, it's the group stages which would be even bigger for. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long, long time since they were in uh, the UEFA competitions. I've just had a look now. And the last time they were involved appears to be 2012, 2013. Yeah, it's a long time. So really the modern format, they haven't been been there. So yeah, it's a a big thing for them. And who knows whether it's the last time they ever get there. Let this be the thing that inspires them now to just grow even more. Yes, um, it's absolutely fantastic for them, and I think they thoroughly deserve to go through just on yeah. that performance alone. We're much Arsenal, better, Arsenal uh, were not at it. The day. No, yeah. uh, and Paris, Paris FC found their chances and absolutely took them. Yeah, and back on Arsenal, it's an unfortunate start for their whole season. No Champions League. Their focus now has to go on the league and cup competitions. Just trying to find a positive out of this for four Arsenal fans. Is it right to suggest that maybe it, it could help them out in the long run for a, for a title challenge? Well, if I remember correctly, the last time they didn't qualify for the Champions League was 2018-19 season. And that was the last time Arsenal won the league. Oh, was it now? <laughs> yeah, so... Could it be a magic second time round? Who knows? Well, you, you never know. Like, with the title challenge as well, barring the injuries, of course, who knows? Like, the, with the players coming back, as the season goes on, their team surely can only get stronger. Yeah. Definitely. Things can only get better. Got to ignore that one. Because you, you're, you're smiling at me. Like, you, you want me to react. And no, I'm not going to do it. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, uh, any other points you wanted to make? Because with that, we could take a short break. Obviously, for the listeners, you, you're not going to feel that short break. But next, we'll be discussing the final week of the transfer window and what you could expect. So, yeah, see you in a sec. Welcome back uh, to the Women's Football Talk podcast. Now we are going to have a look at the transfer talk. So we are entering the final stages of the transfer window in the WSL. Uh, it closes on Thursday uh, the 14th. And tell you what, good business done by a lot of sides this summer. Um, 
Manchester City been relatively quiet in this transfer window, actually. No, that's not the team I thought you were going to go to first. <laughs> that's all. I was going to say, it's been a very intriguing window. A lot of business mainly done prior to the World Cup. Yeah. Interestingly, and I thought we'd see a few more big deals go down after the tournament. But nevertheless, it's still been a good window, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll have a full uh, article out on our website. Uh, so make sure you go check our social media for that because I don't know what it off the top of my head. Um, of all the deals. Wow. Well, that's where I come in because if you, of course, you want to read articles that we will start writing now a lot more this season you can go to womensfootballtalk.substack.com it's completely free you can subscribe if you put your email in every time an article goes up on our substack you will receive an update on that yes thank you for that because i had no idea what the website was oh at least one of us are prepared for this <laughs> uh yeah so transfers uh where do you want to have a look first then? What team? Well, I thought it would be good to discuss maybe name one transfer that has got you thinking, right, that's a game changer for that team. What a signing that is. Who is it for you? Um, Don't say my one. <laughs> I genuinely, I'm looking at some of the deals Brighton have done. Oh, okay. Whether it's Paulina Broma, uh, Tatiana Pinto recently, Maria Thoris Dottier. Like, Wait, who? Sorry, <laughs> the one before. Is it Tatiana Pinto? Oh, I thought you said a different. I, I knew that's what you were trying to say. I just thought you butchered her name completely. Oh, I apologise if I did. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Tatiana Pinto. Very <laughs> fun like, editing anyway. this back. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I genuinely think some of them signings, it's obviously Brighton last season. Changes in managers, what, two, three times? Um, I think these signings are really, really strong, and I could see them being a top seven team next season, top seven, top six, maybe. Just avoid the relegation. Yeah. Mm. Like with Brian, actually, I do like the manager, Melissa Phillips. She was doing very well with London City before she then left them, went to America, was it? Like, three four months yeah and then like i think brighton because like she wasn't a manager in america she was like the assistant to someone yeah i can't remember i've forgotten who it was with to be honest but i think actually managing the wsl is a bigger opportunity and i think that's one that she wanted to take yeah definitely and uh the business she's managed to get done at brighton this summer I am very, very excited to see them. Are we going to see them do what the men's team may have done, just pull out a like, recruitment masterclass? Potentially. Uh, yeah. The problem is that I don't think team. these ones will be worth the same amount of money. No. Nah. Could Brighton be responsible for the first million pound transfer? No, um, no, <laughs> no I, I don't think that's going to happen. I was just being silly there. Uh, shall I say my one? Go on then. Yeah, well, my game-changing signing, it's one person, one person only. I'm showing early bias. I'm going there. Get used to it. It's going to happen a lot. Aston Villa signing Daphne Van Domsela. Yeah. 
Well, it just it, did, it just is. Like it, it yeah. A very, very mm. good upgrade for me personally on Hannah Hampton, who is still mm. in her own right, a very good goalkeeper. I hope she finds success at Chelsea. Don't know what's going on there with the goalkeepers. I mean, there was a lot of talk when uh, on Hannah Hampton when she uh, initially signed that she was going to go out on a loan for the season. That looks quiet. Did she play yeah. in the Roma friendly? Uh, I can't remember. I know Zachira Mosovic did. Hmm. No, I don't think she me, did. Like, I think she was in the stands. No, yeah, the whole thing's odd. Because it doesn't feel like there's a loan move incoming right now. No. So, is she just going to sit with third choice? Well, fourth choice, because they signed Nikki Everard earlier on yes. uh, in the transfer window. They've got Anne Katrenberger and Zachira Mosovic, who were the number one and two last season and are still contracted for another... Well, there's enough time to talk year. about Chelsea's window, because, my God, have they turned up in this window. Yeah. But, uh, is it too much? On, <laughs> who knows? But back on uh, Van Donsler, like you say, replacement for Hannah Hampton. Absolutely fantastic. Won three league titles, I believe, in the Netherlands with FC Twente. Uh, already another last one. Yeah. Uh, won the number one spot at the Euros last summer after uh, injury to uh, Sarin van Fienendal, uh, who's obviously gone on since retired. But yeah come in, made that spot her own and just has looked absolutely fantastic since then and hasn't looked back for the national team. Yep, top goalkeeper signing, a lot of potential and if she moves on, like unfortunately if she ends up moving on then you you'd hopefully would, would get a good price for her. You'd, you'd be smart if you'd think and go I want to get a transfer fee for her. Yeah, uh, it's one where it depends on how Villa do with the next two years it's one of them you're like, oh, she Are we serious? <laughs> yeah. It's one of them where if you don't knock on the Champions League door within them two years, I think she a Champions League club, whether it be a Barcelona, Chelsea, whomever, uh, maybe yeah. in the Champions League, that time will definitely call for her because she is such a fantastic goalkeeper. Yeah, and you give it a few years when a contract starts coming up. And she's, yeah, easily swayed mm. by those clubs. I get it. I'd, I'd understand it. Yeah, I do think that is a top signing, and again, my Dutch uh, biased. You're not even Dutch. We need to confirm this to people. He's not even Dutch. He just likes the Netherlands team. And I am learning Dutch. That's quite nice. Good for you. uh, But yeah, fantastic signing, and I do think she will be um, uh, a quality ad for the Villa this season. Yeah, keep an eye on us. Sure, we'll discuss it more next week when we go through every WSL team. I think that was the plan. We'll work it out next week. Yes. Uh, move on, I'd say, to transfers to look out for in the next few days. Uh, we have to mention Mary Herbs. I don't know what's going on now. I don't think it's happening by the sounds of it. No. Um, so, well, she was out of contract this summer anyway, but Man United triggered the option in her contract to keep her there until uh, June 2024. Uh, was that with punish- her permission, do we think? I mean, again, granted, that probably wasn't her choice. Like, no. I, you don't get a say. If we're triggering it. You'd better just accept that. Yeah. Um, but it's come out post-World Cup that she doesn't seem happy there. She wants an apparent move away from the club. There's been reports that no Arsenal... No one seems to be happy. They're all leaving. 
yeah, it's a very strange environment at Manchester United on both sides. That is just it, it wouldn't be right to speculate on the reasons because there's so many like factors mm. potentially yeah. that it could be. Yeah, Manchester United on a whole is not a good club to be at at this minute in time. It's a lot. <laughs> it seems like they can't go a week without being in the news. They can't go a week time. without any sort of scandal. Yeah. Uh, but on Mary Earps, yeah, so the Arsenal have reportedly bid for her. Uh, Manchester United are adamant, though, that she isn't going. They want her to stay uh, and they are trying to offer her a new contract uh, to extend her time at the club. Yeah, and right now the club that was obviously linked the most, which is Arsenal, just became a lot less of a of a bigger prospect in giving you better opportunities because now they're the same level, pretty much. Well, Unless United, of course, qualify for the group stages. Right, yeah. So it's it's an interesting. Uh, situation with that yeah because for me at this minute in time i don't know why arsenal would go for her right now because they've got sabrina d'angelo and uh, manuela zinsberger as their two keepers and i don't think zinsberger would want to stay on the bench so for me it was a non-starter anyway with that deal for this summer if they go in again in january or she's a free agent next summer then i could say maybe a bit more sense because i think uh, Zinsberger's contract is up next summer. Yeah. Uh, but like you say, if Man United get Champions League football like into the group stages, then they do have that slight edge and going. We're actually playing Champions League football this season. Arsenal aren't. Yeah. Could that sway her to stay? Like the realistic answer is right now. I think she's just going to join Arsenal next summer anyway for free. And yet again, Manchester United lose a player. Without getting a transfer fee from? Yeah, I mean, you got to be questioning that. How can they allow this to happen? I mean, twice this summer, they've let two top quality players in Onabatier and Alessia Russo leave without getting a fee for them. Like, it's just criminal, that. It's, it's pretty bad. It's not something you need to be doing. If you want to be considered a top club, you've got to replace the players in the right way. Right back, it seems that they're just happy to go with Jade Rivier. Yeah, hopefully I mean, she steps up. She definitely is a good player, and it's just about can she fully stay fit and uh, show the prospect that she is. But I think losing players like that to rival teams like Arsenal for Alessia Russo, and obviously Barcelona or Man United's direct rival, but we could face them in the Champions League should they get there this season. You can't be allowing that if you want them to grow as a team. And yes, Man United are, what, five, six years old? It's going to take a lot to get these sort of negotiations and contracts and that uh, sorted. And obviously, it's not as simple as in the men's game where you can see a player moving for like 50, 60 million. Like you said earlier, we're yet to have a million pound player in the women's game. So it's something that I think over the next few years, you'll see... uh, Man United probably improve on in terms of um, player contracts and handling of that stuff and potentially getting transfer fees for uh, sales. Yeah. And going on to any other clubs in particular, who else do you think maybe needs to do a bit more business? 
in these next few days? Uh, I think Spurs need to get a striker in. Yep. Because, I mean, they've lost Beth England through injury for a few weeks. Uh, it's a few weeks because this is where maybe it becomes a bit uncertain because we don't actually know the time the time frame that she's out for. Yeah. Do, so do they need a long-term replacement or do they need just someone in the short term? Or can they survive yeah. like a few weeks? I'm not too sure. Because uh, obviously there's that with her injury. We don't know the time scale, like you say. They loaned out Nikola Karczewska to buy Leverkusen before that uh, announcement came from Spurs about Beth England. you got Ellie Brazil coming back from her ACL injury, so she'll be slowly uh, integrated into the starting eleven. So that really doesn't leave them with a natural striker, in my eyes. There's definitely just Spurs and no one else. Uh, I think Man City needs to do more business because they've only signed Really? I, I, I think they're, they're all right, if I'm honest. Maybe defensively, you could say they're a bit weak. I think, for me, is Mary Feltler has to get game time this season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Their whole attacking line, whoever the starters and depth, is, is good. All right, can we yeah. <laughs> accept that? They're going to have a front four of dual rod. Lauren Hemp, Bunny Shaw, and Chloe Kelly. Like, that's frightening. Yeah, that can be very, very at its best, and dangerous. It, it, at its best, it, it can be enough to win a title. Mm. But at its worst, it could look like last season where they heavily relied on Bunny Shaw. And yeah. if she gets injured, you're thinking, well, where the hell are these goals coming from? Yeah, like, need a bit more in terms of the goal tally from Hemp and Kelly also the midfield could offer more of a goal or two. Like, Yui Hasegawa is going to do what she does in the middle of the park and just dictate everything anywhere. She's amazing. Yeah. Like, defensively, they just need to be better. I mean, you'd expect Alex Greenwood to continue her fantastic form yep. from that World Cup. But then it's like, well, how, who, what else does that back four look like? So you'd imagine uh, Kirsten Kashbarai on the right is it going to be Steph Horton and Alex Greenwood as centre-back partners? Is it going to be Leia Alexandri, Leila Wahabi? Who plays at left-back? Or does Alex Greenwood go out back to left-back now? Because obviously she mainly played centre-back last season because of the injuries to that team. And yeah. Gareth Taylor's more favouritism of her there. So I think there's a lot of question marks in terms of that defence and what it is. And then Ellie Roebuck, can she recover? from what was a really poor season for her last season. Yeah, it was. Unfortunately for her, it was, yeah. I mean, I just think back to that Manchester derby towards the end of the season when she got sent off. And that's just so unlike her. It just felt like it's going to be a big moment. I mean, they've obviously got um, Sandy McGeever as a backup option and uh, youngster Kiara Keating as well. But I think that, to me, they haven't improved enough or got enough quality to think they can t- uh, win that title. I think Jill Rod's going to take a bit of time to settle in. Uh, and then that back four, back five, um, there's a few question marks around it for me, personally. Yeah, like it, it's weird, but for two weeks, pretty much, just over two weeks away from the start of the season, I think I've already got a predictions in mind. I think I think I know 
how it could go. But of course, I'm waiting until then. I was going to say, I don't even know who I've got finishing where. Uh, but yeah, I am going to be interested to see what teams can do, if any business, over these last three days or so of this transfer window. Yeah, I think next week's podcast, we could do a whole chat on the transfer window like this. We'll go through each WSL club, give them, mm-hmm. I say we give them a rating, see, and also see where they could have maybe strengthened a bit further. Yeah, that sounds like a plan to me. Uh, like I said earlier, we will have a full look back at all the deals, so all the ins and outs and uh, contract extensions on our website uh, after the deadline on Thursday. Uh, as it is a very uh, big window. It has been for a lot of clubs because I tell you, what, I've been writing it out for the last few days. I don't know how you do that. Videos. That's too much for me. I'll happily edit a vid any day. <laughs> You just get used to it after a while. Yeah, but yeah, it's tough making you look nice. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But hey, mm. football has come back there. In recent yes. weeks, like the championship began a few weeks ago. Crystal Palace and Sunderland currently at the top. Both yet to have lost a game. You can attend any matches involving teams in this league. Tickets, I'm sure they're available on club websites, so... Do check them out. Anyone caught your eye? Maybe a little uh, prediction? London City Lionesses, I know they're currently in fifth, but they've made a lot mm. of signings, uh, players from uh, WSL sites last season. I think they're going to be really interesting one to watch how they go throughout the season. Um, again, I'd say... Crystal Palace, I think, with their fantastic start, so two wins and a draw so far, and a goal difference of plus nine, I think it's going to be something, can they hold on to this and be the runaway team, or is this just early doors for them at this minute in time? Yeah, but as I say, we'll try and keep up to date with the Championship as much as possible. We'll also keep up to date with a lot that goes on in the European leagues, because the row and error the visa started this weekend as well. Neither Ajax nor FC20 over the title challenges played, though that was Champions League reasons, I believe. Yeah. Yep, Champions League for both of them. Yeah, uh, but there was an interesting story out of that. FC Utrecht, who returned to the league, they won their first game back. Yeah, uh, won 4-2 against Feyenoord. Um, absolutely fantastic uh, for them. Uh, the goals were Lachia, Judith Rooster and Ashley Becker with the goals. Uh, absolutely fantastic for uh, FCU Threats to get, like you say, that first win back in uh, the Eredivisie uh, since coming back. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic for them. Uh, made a lot of signings this summer, obviously, as it's their first time back in the league and are currently second after the opening weekend in the Eredivisie. Long season though, still a very yes. long way to go. I hate looking at tables at this point because it's like, what's the point? <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean especially that one. It's literally just kicked off this weekend, yeah, so literally. it doesn't really mean. Can't judge anything. anything. The literal top two last season haven't even played yet. <laughs> yeah, my rules is just well with this. It's just waiting till about November, December time, and then we can say. No, okay, I wait till January. <laughs> Can't be asked yeah. anything before. Yeah. Marathon, not a sprint. 
Definitely. Yeah, uh, I, I believe that is all for this episode. Obviously, uh, the rest of the leagues in Europe don't start till this weekend. Except, well, uh, I don't know what's going on with Liga F. I did strike this weekend. Are they going to do it again? And there was some rumours that it was the opening two match days that they were going to strike, but I don't know whether it is uh, going to be this one, so it remains to be seen. Uh, and then obviously for the WSL, we've still got uh, just under three weeks to go until that's back. Yeah, well, other than that, that is all we have for this first episode. 50 minutes we've been going. I didn't plan it for it to be that long at all. <laughs> Jesus. But, yeah. Have we done okay? Yeah, I think good, good first episode. Talked about all the serious matters. Had a laugh along the way. What else can you ask for a podcast? Yes. I can't lie, I'm very okay. nervous about this. I don't, I don't know if I rate my ball knowledge yet as much as, as yourself. It's, there's a lot of pressure on that. Well, with time comes practice and knowledge as well. So we'll get better over the season. As long as you stay with us, we'll keep providing the podcast on a weekly basis. Yeah, we want to engage more. Everyone, everyone who follows us, whether that's you're listening here or you're watching the vids on YouTube or just following us on social media and of course where can they find us if they want to see some of that content uh it's women's football talk on our youtube channel and on twitter it's wf talks or just search women's football talk and you should come across us and it's the same on instagram as well uh women's football talk where we have uh recaps of games match updates through uh one or two games throughout the weekend and obviously with all this transfer stuff going on we have all the transfers as they are announced by the clubs over on our social media pages yep he's right uh thank with that thank you very much hopefully you've liked listening 